Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, October 24th, 2022. It is a Monday morning, not nearly as fun as casual Friday morning, but still, I think, pretty fun. We're going to have a good time here. How is everybody doing today? Where are you hanging out from? Did you catch Lawyers and Dragons? What would you all do this weekend? And are you ready for a fun week to follow? I hope you are. I'm looking forward to it. I've got a lot going on this week, certainly, and I hope you do, too. So, how's everybody doing? We've got cowboy hats. Cowboy hats are in the chat. Oh, that must be because Kurt is here. Good morning, Kurt. How you doing? Hope you are doing well. Hogue has hair. Hogue does have hair occasionally. As I said last week, I believe it was last week, the days run together. Uh, I have uh, often, when I have to go out and otherwise represent the firm uh, and not just appear in a ball cap, I uh, have to go without. Um, and today is one of those days you might see hair again on Wednesday, or you might not because we don't have hangouts and headlines on Wednesday. We'll see. Uh, but I do have hair today. It's always under the hat, watching, waiting. Uh, but I am uh, letting it breathe a bit today. I, I hope that's not too offensive to anyone uh, in the chat. Otherwise, uh, we've got some good stories today. We're talking a little bit about sport, which I like. I know you guys know that I like sports. Uh, but I've always loved the World Cup, even as I recognize that FIFA may be one of the more corrupt institutions on earth. Uh, but I enjoy the competition. I really like to see the, the nations get together and fight it out on the pitch. Um, but it's a very, very weird one this year as uh, years ago, years and years ago, uh, FIFA awarded this uh, particular World Cup tournament uh, to an unusual state in Qatar and uh, had to move the timing. Should have already happened, really. Uh, now that we're in October, should have happened in the summer for normal World Cup uh, competition. They moved it to the winter. So it'll take place between November and December because, well, it's really, really hot in Qatar. So when they gave the uh, the tournament to that country, I think the projected times to start were something like 125 degrees, uh, which isn't great for really high-level athleticism um, or really low-level athleticism. Really, I would have hated it one way or the other. I'm, I'm no World Cup athlete. Uh, but uh, I love this stuff, and as it's gotten closer and closer and closer to actually starting, we are now starting to see some of the more concerning stories come out of that, whether it's about media coverage, whether it's about data collection, um, and certainly uh, the, the reasoning behind some of these apps is uh, at least vaguely benign but questionable, especially when you consider the folks that are going to get access to this information. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, but right now, in the Hangouts phase, I'm more interested in how everybody's doing. Uh, whether or not uh, you saw, I saw Black Adam came out this weekend. Uh, I don't have a high level of interest in seeing that movie. I'm sorry if you do. Uh, but uh, tell me how it is uh, if you saw it this weekend. House of the Dragon finished yesterday, which I thought was a far stronger season than I would have anticipated going into that particular kind of uh, new product, especially after the end of the original Game of Thrones. Uh, good afternoon from Sweden, Sweden and a coffee mug emoji. I, I love it. And I got a cartoon dragon here in the profile picture. That's cool. It's cool. We we're just talking about dragons. Uh, Hogue, you made it sound like you're a Gorgon. Lol. You got to let the hair go. You know, sometimes if I were a Gorgon, everybody that was be watching this episode right now would be turned to stone. Actually, this is a great question, right? I feel like you could do a book of this, right? Okay. So you've got a Medusa streaming live, goes through a camera. Anything happen to the camera? Camera broadcasts to you all. Do you turn to stone through a streaming outlet? Or 
is that as effective a way of looking at a Medusa as like Perseus's shield, right? We're going to get really, really nerdy here. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm very interested in this. Let's let's go forward with this line of questioning. I think that's definitely the way we should go this morning. <laughs> good evening from Melbourne. Monday was a good day overall. Thank God, Australia. I always appreciate the reports on this. I, I got to tell you, I got stuff I got to do today that I'm not thrilled about. I will just leave it at that. Uh, and so if Monday went okay for you in Australia, that is a great deal of comfort to me. Uh, so thank you so much for that message, sibling creature. I, I'm looking forward to Monday now a little bit more. Three coffees emojis. Good morning from Western Montana. Good morning, Sherry. Uh, that is a cool looking, it looks like it might be a tattoo. It's your profile photo. That's really cool. Uh, midnight. Yeah, Hoglaw, you throw me off when you show your hair. Well, I throw myself off, right? It's a little bit floppier. It's not, uh, it's not under a hat. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Rick. Loved L&D this weekend. I had a lot of fun with it. What a, what a fun episode. Nobody continuing to try to do quote unquote sea shanties by coming up with lines from modern songs to otherwise incorporate the situation was a fun bit that I rather enjoyed trying to do the entire episode. And I think I succeeded largely. Um, greetings from Granville. Loved hearing the rain and watching the lightning last night. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get to do that. So I am glad that you did. That is awesome. Uh, good afternoon from Ireland and Hogue without a hat still surprises me. Yeah, I lurk in the shadows. Um, you know, you never know when you're just going to see a Hogue without a hat. Uh, but whenever you do, it's a surprise. So, you know, keep out, keep a swivel head, be ready. <laughs> uh, if you bring Harry Potter's experience into it, the camera saves from the stare of a basilisk. All right. Okay. So we've got Harry Potter mythology coming in on the Gorgon question. That's good. That's good to know. T. Just finished the biannual watch through Farscape yesterday. It's my comfort show. We were just talking about Farscape, one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, I love Farscape to death, um, and uh, it is the only fan, I don't know what you call it, petition uh, thing that I've ever participated in to try to get some kind of closure to the end of Farscape, and we succeeded. It was great. Jacob Novick, I haven't seen Black Adam, but the director is mad that the big cameo has already been revealed, I would say, then don't let Dwayne Johnson talk about it openly two weeks before. Um, yeah, well, you know, spontaneous speaking, The Rock, I've already commented on that in other contexts, especially surrounding video games. Uh, always, always a risk. Honestly, your, your big cameo, I mean, you're in the, the age of the internet, okay? So everybody knows about that. I suppose I could mention it right now, but maybe I won't in case somebody doesn't want to be spoiled on it. Um, but even I know it, and I'm not actively looking for Black Adam stuff. I do not care. <laughs> uh, greetings from coastal Yorkshire, one of my favorites. I, I, I really should look up a map to see exactly what the coasts of Yorkshire look like. Um, but I love I love getting told that uh, Shireen is, uh, is calling in from Yorkshire. Very cool. Um, let's see here. Mama C, Hoglaw, wow, five days without. You made it through first. Uh, just read my notifications. Very cool. Good morning from Eastern Iowa. Forgot to buy coffee grounds, so a run to the Quick Star up the road is imminent. Is Quick Star like a 7-Eleven? I don't, I don't have a Quick Star nearby. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I hope you're having a great morning, Rozzy. It is definitely early morning in Eastern Iowa, so thank you for being up with me. I appreciate it. Good morning from Erlingen again. This is going to be interesting as here in Germany, the reports about working conditions in Qatar are quite harrowing. So they want to control the audience. Yeah, yeah. That's certainly a part of the second story we're going to cover today um, is that 
it appears that they are really trying to not allow interviews of, in particular, uh, the workers uh, at the World Cup because of so many of the stories that have come out over the, de the last decade, really. Uh, this has been a long time kind of cooking. If you haven't been following the World Cup or uh, international football slash soccer, if you're American, uh, then you have not... Uh, you have not been watching essentially scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal kind of attach itself to this particular World Cup. So no amount of John Hamm dressing as Santa on your commercials, which is the current commercial for World Cup, uh, is going to is going to get a lot of that. I don't think so. We'll see. Sherry says it was a tattoo. It's the Celtic Wheel of Fortune, but it's a symbol of 1960s, 1970s band traffic with Steve Winwood. Winwood. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, all right. Well, that's you learn something new every day here at Hangouts and Headlines. I think that is uh, very interesting. I've never heard of traffic. Again, music. I, I know a lot about a lot of things and a little about a lot, but I'm I'm not great at music. I'm just not. I need a musical co-host to cover music topics. Ardo says, I've been sleeping very poorly two hours last night. I am very sorry, Ardo. As somebody who has been sleeping relatively poorly for the last two weeks, I hear you, and it is no fun at all. The nettles and rose thorns are not helping, so I will be tired, insane today. Sass might be from what word could that be? I don't know. Hangouts and headlines. Blade 4 has been halted. Well, it's, it's, it's a rebooted Blade, right? I do know that from the Marvel side of things. Uh, I just watched the latest episode of Doctor Who, Who, Goodbye 13, Hello 10. Ah, yes, that is the big news I saw on my timeline this morning. While, while Doctor Who 11 busies to get ready for the Dance of the Dragons, Doctor Who 10 slash Scrooge McDuck may be making a reappearance as a transitional phase between the, the latest Doctor's Who. Doctor's Who seems like the right way to say that, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you love David Tennant, he's making the rounds. Uh, Tiny Trifle, yeah, hasn't there been allegations of unsafe work environment and deaths regarding the construction and cutter for the World Cup? Yes. There have, there have been a lot. I've pulled up the Wikipedia entry just to kind of give context when we get into the headlines a little bit. But it's one of the reasons these particular headlines this weekend jumped out at me is especially you, you, we've got problems with you filming anything anywhere. Sounds very much to me like folks that don't want to have any of this coverage at all, which is interesting because the other things that go with the World Cup in 2022 are the notions that Qatar bribed the living crap out of FIFA officials in order to get this bid in the first place. Uh, I, I would think you would know that that comes with the world's attention uh, on your uh, your sovereign nation. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's a number of ways. I mean, I, I still would say it's more likely that everything kind of goes fine and the country's on its best behavior, kind of Beijing Olympic style. Uh, but I, I think you, you are kind of putting yourself in the hands of of that government to some extent if you go and you attend and you download these apps. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about it all. Robin says, seems like the only way I can catch you live is by staying up all night. I'm sorry. <laughs> Think I'll fix myself some coffee. Going to be a rough day. Started off right for me. We will do our best. I I, I always feel bad for the people that stay up all night. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome. Nazy, good morning all. Missed a couple of these, but I'm so glad to be back chatting with you all this morning. Sup, sup, sup to y'all from Virginia. Smiling tooth smile emoji. Good morning, Nazy. Oh, Farscape is so awesome. Agreement. We could just talk the whole episode about Farscape. What's your favorite episode? Mine might be when they all turn into cartoons. 
Just love it. Just love it. Uh, Chuck movie one. It can be a sequel to season four since season five doesn't exist. <laughs> season five does exist. Don't you remember? They all forgot everything. No, you don't. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, if you ever want to get uh, my brother, Tom from two hugs are better than one upset. You just have him relive the ending of Chuck. Sad Panda. Sad Panda. Happy lunchtime from Blackburn, England. I normally can't catch lives because teacher life, but it's a half-term holiday. Party emoji, party emoji. Awesome. I'm glad you can be here with us this morning. Uh, we've got discussions of various, uh, I think, British comedies here. Callista says, the only reason I'm at all interested in Black Adam is because The Rock is in it. He's a charismatic dude. Otherwise, I don't even know who he is. The Rock? Uh, he was a wrestler. He played football at Miami for a little while. He became a movie star. Scorpion King, not very good. Bad renderings. Uh, and then kind of got big over the course of a long period of time. You mean Black Adam? I have no idea who Black Adam is either. I think he's from Shazam. I think. But, uh, yeah, I have, I have no independent knowledge of who Black Adam is. So, sorry folks that are just... Die-hard Black Adam fans have collectible plates of Black Adam on their shelves. I apologize. I do not know who he is. Good afternoon from Berlin. Good afternoon, Berlin. Hello. Um, uh, David Battler says there's a literal slave trade in Cutter. Why are people surprised? There is discussions of that in various of the controversies. Uh, Stephanie, it's as bad as the World Cup in Russia with workers not getting paid and land being confiscated. There are discussions of that as well as making them sign false statements to get any salary at all. Callista, I'm not even watching the World Cup, but the news keeps gleefully telling me about some of the scandals in this particular World Cup. So as someone that doesn't generally watch broadcast news, I can certainly believe it um, that they would keep bringing this up. And it's only going to get worse, right? Because as we head into November, the World Cup is going to start. Um, and then people are going to have to make their decisions. And certainly the news is going to be reporting on the ratings. Um, so a World Cup, as far as I know, and it might be that it happened a long time ago, has never occurred in the winter months here. I know a number of leagues had to kind of deal with uh, working around the schedule here for a November, December World Cup. Certainly, as I said, there's been a lot of questions, open questions about bribery and getting the bid in the first place. Uh, and FIFA executives have been kind of frog marched in and out of, of bribery and other kind of scandals for the last decade, not just on Qatar, but on other things that have happened with their organization. So it does take away a little bit from the soccer. I, I'm not going to lie there, but my hope is that it can go off relatively okay. Tim Riggs, the only international sports organization more disgustingly corrupt and used for self-enrichment than FIFA is the International Olympic Committee. I don't know that I can disagree. Um, I might argue that FIFA is more corrupt than the IOC, uh, but it's a close question. And you, you do wind up asking yourself, Okay, why does this happen? What is the nature of international sports peddling that gets to this level of corruption? Um, and it might just be that there isn't a good way to govern an international body like this one. And the, the risks just aren't very high for these folks. So they go and they make all this money and then they retire and then they say, oh, that was bad. It was all corrupt. That's, that's realistically what happens with these organizations. Um, and at the end of the day, it leaves you with a kind of bitter taste for sport right? I love the Olympics. I love them. I love them. But there's no question the IOC is corrupt. I love soccer. I love football, international uh, subscribers, followers, watchers, viewers. Uh, and that is, um, 
Um, it's not it's not great. I don't love to think about this stuff. But honestly, following sport like that right now, today, feels like that in everything that you can watch, basically. Right. I, I told you about how much I love college sports. I love college sports, but there's constant questions about what college athletes in the United States should get paid for this and whether or not they're getting paid enough and what uh, their name, image and likeness rights actually solve the problem or not. And, and all this stuff. And, and to me, it's like, yeah, I, I want to see them get what they deserve, that they that they earn, because college sports in America is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, similarly, I love the Olympics. I would love to see it treated fairly. I love soccer. I do. Um, you know, I played it for 18 years, never terribly well, I might argue, but I really loved it. And um, it's it's kind of it's kind of a bummer to see these international bodies in these questions. I tell you, I love football in general. Pro football here has scandal after scandal after scandal, whether they're almost killing quarterbacks or whether they're otherwise having problems with uh, laws uh, and violence and things that are outside the, the confines of the sport. It's just you can't just love something. Uh, anymore and that's uh that's a bummer that's a bummer uh they are super strict in cutter says plank boyd i went was asked for id a hell of a lot yeah i that might be the experience and we're, we're going to talk about these apps when we get to the headlines uh katie cotton says calista the same dwayne johnson is just so much fun to watch or listen to thanks moana soundtrack you're welcome yeah uh moana is a lot of fun the rock is a charismatic guy the rock deserves the stardom that he has received he is not the greatest <laughs> interview or extemporaneous speaker i think was the only comment i was making about the cameo that i almost just spoiled just now uh but uh yeah no the, the rock is um pretty much a, a movie star so he, he's he's putting he's putting butts in uh, in the movie theaters and that's desperately what the movie theaters need i did see that black adam uh had a good launch um for for a movie uh, is it still Moffat writing Doctor Who? I don't believe so. I believe uh, Davies is back. Does that sound right, Doctor Who fans? I believe they like Whovians. Um, I believe Russell T. Davies is back behind Doctor Who. Uh, but somebody can correct me on that. What? Yes, come on, 10. 10. All right, so the David Tennant fans have hit the chat. Who can blame you? He's an excellent Scrooge McDuck. Um, people really love, really love David Tennant. Uh, I think it's he's going to get a couple episodes to transition between the doctors, I believe, um, is is what appears to be going around. Who is the head of, of FIFA now? Didn't they all get arrested? That's a great question. I don't know. I know that Bladder um, is the one that jumps into my head, but I think he retired slash got arrested. I'd have to look at this. I, I try not to look straight at the sun when it comes to these organizations because it does pain me to actually enjoy the product they put out uh, if you follow them too much. Hogue, did you ever read the Farscape comics? I did not know they existed until this chat. No, T, I have not watched the Farscape comics or read them in this case. I can't, I don't think you can just read them to me and I can watch you. Um, that is cool. I will, I will probably look for those. Um, I love Farscape. I'd have to get back up to speed because I don't have a biannual viewing of, of Farscape. Uh, what else we got going on? Uh, Apple Pie, you're a couple years behind. Chibnall took over in 2018. He was universally hated and has ended his tenure yesterday. It's back to Russell T. Davies. Right. It's Moffat. I couldn't remember the name of... Is Chibnall then the um, the female Doctor Who? Did he only have that one run then? And now it's back to Russell T. Davies, who is... If you don't know Doctor Who, we're, we're deep in the weeds on this. 
is the is the guy that brought it back that that brought Doctor Who back to uh, modern audiences after it was on a extended hiatus. Uh, some might call it over uh, when he brought it back with um, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, and uh, I think Moffat takes over with Matt Smith. I think. Who knows if I'm right on these things, folks? I am. I, I watch Doctor Who. Uh, I do not watch it religiously, but I think I got that right. Uh, Chris Mullen says, I rather like the final episode of Chuck. It was bittersweet, but it was sort of nice. I think that's what they were going for. But I think when you invest that much in a series of relationships in a TV show, it's a little bit mean-spirited to the audience that got you there. Um, so I do tend to disagree with the showrunner's decision on that uh, because Chuck had five seasons because of that audience, and it did feel a little bit backstabby. But I might also be reflecting on the fact that my brother, who adored Chuck and would talk to me about it, like just was devastated by the ending. Like just hated it, hated it, hated it. So I might be reflecting on that. <clears throat> um, Leafy Fifi Foo says Black Adam is a we have the rock. Let's find a character we can shoehorn into playing that will save the DC uh, cinematic universe. Maybe. I mean, certainly the rock has at least presented that he really wanted to play this character and, and at least the stories go that he made them make this movie and he was supposed to be in Shazam. I don't know how much of that is real. I don't know how much of that is marketing, uh, but at least as presented to us, this is because of uh, the rock wanting to have it as a separate movie. Uh, Tech Hyun in regards to house of the dragon, I love the finale, but it's a bit annoying that the plot moves forward due to mistakes and misunderstandings in these last two episodes. I agree with you. Um, I really hated how episode eight ended to bring us into episode nine. Uh, and then certainly the way episode 10 ends, um, I think they like a feeling of a kind of tragic, necessary, faded moment. I think that's what they're trying to get to, which is like this had to happen. And the, here are the stumbling blocks and things that accidentally happened along the way. So I hear you. And we did that without talking about spoilers. So good on us. Internet high five. Uh, didn't they have to change it be uh, to winter because of how hot it is during normal World Cup times? Yes. <clears throat> they moved it from their normal summer period to the winter because it was supposed to be like 125 degrees or something like that in the normal months that they would do the World Cup, which you'd think they would know when they were granting the bid, um, but it seemed to only come to them after the bid was granted. So, uh, Shireen, Britain is, if you are not into football, then tough as we're going to get obsessed about it anyway on every channel and the news. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't blame anybody. The World Cup only comes around once every four years. Um, but I think this is going to be a weird one. Here in the UK, we were robbed of our bid for this World Cup due to FIFA corruption. So here the news is very honest about Qatar for a change. You were robbed of the bid to actually bring it to bring it to England, bring it to Britain. I don't actually remember who were the finalists in that bid. So, yeah, that very well could be. What else we have here? Uh, Kelly says what I said, at least in terms of the marketing, The Rock is the one who pushed to get it made. That's that's certainly the story. Um, I don't think there's any reason to disbelieve it, but that's that's certainly what I have heard. Uh, I've been considering a, wise, a white noise machine for my bedroom. It may help me make me less hyper aware of my CPAP machine as I try to fall asleep. Oh, all right. Yeah, good luck to you. Sleep. Man, sleep. Uh, it's a hard road. It gets harder as you get older, <laughs> I think. Uh, 
Uh, Ardo says Olympics were quite corrupt even in the past. Emperor Nero bribed the officials, won a four-horse chariot race with 100 horses, pulling his chariot. That doesn't seem like a legit use of rules. Topped in, toppled in the first corner, but still won. I like this story, Ardo. I like this. These are things I don't know. Um, I love the fact that you say it like Cutter. I will say it however it's supposed to be said. I don't I don't know how to pronounce these things. Here around here, they pronounce it like cutter, so I'm doing my best. Uh Love the Rock says Chris. Looney Tunes episode of Farscape is amazing, but I think my favorite is 1985's Earth Back to the Future style or anytime they blow up a secret base. I do like what I call the heist sequences <laughs> from Farscape. My favorite bit about Farscape, and TV shows do this a little bit more right now, but you can watch this as far as season one is that they had a notion of they had the one-off episodes and then when things really got tough and they had some big thing to do towards the end of their season, you would get all of these little kind of like, these are the people we met and the things we did and the, the items that we found on our adventure. And they would all come together to kind of work through whatever the problem was at the end of the season. And so even though it was one-off spectaculars, it made the season feel um, whole, a holistic kind of thing. Uh, and Farscape was the first time I remember somebody really doing that. Now that's obviously not, probably accurate uh, and you do get that same kind of notion and things like Buffy of a similar timeline and things like that uh, but I always really really loved that so yes anytime they blow up a secret base anytime there's a heist anytime they have to break into something generally speaking those are going to be good ones I see Hogue is uncapping his 60 frames per second that's right my hair only comes in 60 frames per second it's a mandate for any good video games I know you can hear me Ty Guy Travis because you're definitely up at 4 30 in the morning uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, my hair is 60 frames per second. Don't accept anything less. Uh, yes. Russell T Davies is back. Uh, so yeah, fantastic. Uh, Davies is back. Chibnall destroyed the doctor. I have to be honest. I didn't watch Chibnall's run. I, I really haven't watched like the last two runs, I think. Um, so I apologize. I, Matt Smith was basically the last doctor that I watched extensively. Um, so uh, we got a lot of people celebrating David Tennant. I'm glad I could bring this news to your attention. Uh, I woke up with it. Uh, Sepp Blatter was arrested after being investigated by the FBI that the only reason he was removed. Thanks, USA, for this one. Okay, so I do have that right in my head. He was he was removed. <clears throat> the Tennant specials ruined Doctor Who number 10 for me. He's got some of my favorite episodes, but I do not like the 10th Doctor just because bringing the controversial take in. I like Matt Smith better than David Tennant, but that's just me. Uh, is who even savable at this point, even with 10? Don't know. Uh, might be an interesting look for a video into the scandal between EA and FIFA for the rights arguments that happened there. I don't know if there's a scandal. I think FIFA asked for way too much money, and EA said it's not worth it to us. And EA said we can make our own game without the FIFA logo, and I think they're right. Uh, so, I don't know. Don't know. Um, Chibnall finally figured out how to write for the fans in his last episode. Probably too late. I've avoided most of 13, but some saw some cameos last night and legitimately cried over one in particular. Missed the show I used to love. Thanks for the comment, Kadar. Um, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know uh, folks, especially in this chat, would, were uh, so interested in Doctor Who. I haven't I haven't watched it really much since since Matt Smith. I have Farscape on DVD, but haven't watched it in years. Go back and watch it. It's awesome. Farscape really does stand up. Also, it's got Muppets. When can you ever go wrong with Muppets? Just watch Labyrinth this weekend, as a matter of fact. Uh, and it is a ridiculous movie, uh, but it's got a lot of Muppets. And uh, I can't uh, I can't ever I can't ever be mad at the Muppets. 
David Tennant was amazing as Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. That might be my favorite season of the Netflix Marvel shows. Um, was uh, was David Tennant versus Jessica Jones? I really liked that one. That one was dark and kind of evil. Um, so that was that was fun. Tennant is the best doctor. I stopped watching with the twelfth after Clara. I didn't like the way the story was going. I think that's about when I dropped out. Andy actually, um, Matt Smith, and then Clara, um, and then yeah, I think I dropped out. So I think you're right on. Right on where, where I was when I stopped watching Doctor Who. Uh, Moffat also introduced River Song in the Tenant era. Oh, fan favorite character. A lot of fun there. I usually think of her as one of the surgeons in uh, ER, but I'm an old person. So there you go. Uh, Hoag's hair is more like 4K, 120 frames per second. Well, that's that's high grade. All right. I, we're just 60 frames. We're just we're just average, average head of hair. Labyrinth is great. Loved Labyrinth. <laughs> we're nerds hug of course we love the doctor good good i remember seeing it for the first time on like i don't even know what it was on sci-fi channel uh back when uh russell t davies brought it back and it was the episode where they're on like the space whale that is britain um and uh i was just so taken by uh the weirdness of it we didn't have really that same kind of flavor of, of show here in the United States. And uh, that's how I became a, a Doctor Who fan was really the Christopher Eccleston season uh, and, and following that. And then uh, David Tennant, of course. And then I, re I just really, I just really love Matt Smith. Um, and I, uh, I feel bad that he hasn't been able to catch on really much after Doctor Who, but I think House of the Dragon is gonna seal the deal for him um, because he is, he is a standout character in what has become a standout show. Uh, so, I think uh, I think he's looking for good things, even though I, I guess the articles today said that season two won't be till late 2024. So, uh, OK. I don't know. They really know how to catch momentum there, I guess. They they, they make Westworld's about two or three years apart. Uh, they're going to make House of the Dragon two or three years apart. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if people are still up for it in two years. Uh, but certainly if they need the time, I'm more in favor of them spending that time than delivering what they delivered with Game of Thrones. So, hey, who am I to argue with two years? Labyrinth is another movie I've not seen in years and really must revisit. It's amazing. It was for whatever reason, it was at the top of the Netflix list. Uh, you know how Netflix just sometimes reorders things and tells you what's popular. And it's, a, you know, it's October. It's kind of a weird, dark movie-ish. And uh, turn it on. It's like I had not remembered half of that movie like i remembered half of it really well and i had not remembered at least half of that movie and it is manic right it is just wild and i love it it was it was a ton of fun and uh, i highly recommend it <laughs> uh, jennifer conley was talented even then what's amazing to me is that jennifer conley says i just watched maverick this year right jennifer conley primarily looks the same whether she's whatever she is in that 16 um, and, and what she is in, in Maverick. Uh, and, uh, I will say this. All right. So Jennifer Conley talented as a youngster, definitely, but clearly better in her craft 40 years on, uh, by the time you get to Maverick, uh, she is, uh, she's not asked to do a lot in labyrinth except kind of look surprised at everything. She's Alice in Wonderland for the most part, but, um, it is, uh, it is funny to go back and see those people that are still in movies now. Uh, when they when they started out, Disney Nerd eighty five. Good morning, Hogue fam. Just jumping in to say hi before heading to the Magic Kingdom this morning. Have a wonderful time, Disney Nerd eighty five. I hope you have 
uh, a great day and get on all the rides that you want. Labyrinth is one of my favorite films. Love David Bowie in it. He is an excellent Goblin King. He looks otherworldly in Labyrinth, and he's just normal. <laughs> he's just David Bowie, but he looks wild, wild, and uh, it's a heck of a it's a heck of a movie. Uh, they do that weird thing with like the dream quasi romance, and it's weird. It's really weird. Uh, so definitely check out Labyrinth if you haven't seen it in a while. Matt Smith was a lead on The Crown. I have not watched The Crown. We talked about The Crown last week. Um, but uh, yes, okay, fantastic. I don't, I don't know the popularity level of The Crown. I do know the popularity level of House of the Dragon, um, which just soared to the end and uh, is going to be. It's going to be very much a wait for people looking for season two. It ended strong. Uh, it ended strong. And Matt did go viral with Morbius, though. Uh, yes. Uh, I have not seen Morbius as a film. I have seen the video of Matt Smith dancing. I guess it's dancing in like a dressing room. Uh, so you could check that out. He has consistently had like, speaking of Looney Tunes, that kind of control over his body. It's one of the fun things he does. Uh, so he's pretty fun for that. Um, uh, I just want to, I don't want to do spoilers on House the Dragon. So I can't use that chat. <laughs> oh, Hogue, so young. My Jen's choice for special herb nights was Cheech and Chong or Old Who. I can believe it. I have since being introduced to Doctor Who's gone and looked at a few of the older episodes. They are um, special. They are special. Uh, I've only ever seen Smith as a doctor and thought he was a bit spastic. This is accurate. The thought of him lopping off anyone's head, not that he does that in any shows that we know of. I have a lot of TV to catch up on. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he's amazing uh, in uh, the House of the Dragon. Uh, Matt Smith was great in The Crown. I was surprised. Uh, it's like a little subtle shade at Matt Smith. I think Matt Smith is amazing in general. It just depends on what he's asked to do. David Bowie was great in Labyrinth. Lambert gave me a hell of a crush on Bowie. Later figured out my thing is with the costume. Beast, Goblin King. Put a man in tight pants, a frilly neck cloth, and a tailcoat, and I lose my mind. <laughs> What's funny is, so I watched Labyrinth this weekend, and his outfit basically ends at the pants line. Like, he's just wearing what I would call, like, yoga pants uh, <laughs> or, or, or tights. Uh, and they, uh, they leave little to the imagination for, uh, for you know, what amounts to a, a kid's movie. Uh, so it is a, it is an interesting, it is an interesting look for Mr. Bowie, uh, but, uh, yeah. So I, and again, people are telling me that he's in, uh, the crown. I did not know that. Um, and so, all right. Yeah. Okay. Folks, we've talked about, I love hangouts, right? I have no idea what we're ever going to talk about. We really hit Dr. Who hard, got a little Farscape in there. Uh, just general nerd law, law nerds. I know that's EDB's name, uh, but it's a lot of fun to talk about. Let's talk a little bit now about uh sport let's talk a little bit about what's happening with this world cup with uh fifa in general uh and we're also going to talk about journalism because what's funny here is i go and i look for these headlines right and i try to source them but i also try not to go through them too uh too in depth in advance so that we have uh fun comments and kind of a certain level of spontaneity today um so i go through enough to make sure that it's something i want to talk about on the episode uh, but I don't always catch. And this is something that if you if you are just in the business of finding headlines for a show like this one, you'll see even more than you probably already do. I did not catch that this is not the originator of this story. The originator of this story, and we're going to get to this, 
is actually a, a site or network called NRK, which I actually researched a little bit. Maybe there's somebody in the chat that's actually from Norway, is the state-sponsored media in Norway. So this story is legitimate. We can talk about whether it's a little bit overwrought or can, or uh, a little bit alarmist uh, or not um, as we go over these articles. But I saw it in TechSpot, um, and it was entitled, Cutter requires World Cup visitors to install state-sponsored spyware on their phones. And since we do call this show headlines, at least in part, um, that is uh, that is a very that is a very alarming broad headline, uh, right? So you see that they use the quotes here. They also use the quotes on requires. Whenever you're reading headlines, folks, pay attention to the quotation marks because that means that somebody's probably playing a little language game with you. Do they require it? Is it spyware? They're not willing to commit to that from the lawyer's side of things, so they put this in the headline. They say authorities would literally, literally, be able to read, edit, or delete any information on your phone. I'm not sure this is actually poured out by the, st the story here, but we'll talk about that. But it's designed to get you to click on it, right? You want to know what more about, okay, that sounds pretty bad. I'm not going to the 2022 World Cup. Then, then this particular outlet opens with WTF, which, as we know, is what the frack. Um, it's a Battlestar Galactica reference. And uh, they say, if you were hoping to attend the World Cup in Qatar next month, you might be rethinking your plans once you find out what the company will require of you. To enter the country, travelers must download two apps. Both function similarly to spyware and grant Qatar authorities permissions that security experts find questionable. Qatar is a small country located on the Arabian Peninsula in Western Asia. It serves as the host for this year's FIFA World Cup, scheduled to run from November 20th to December 18th, which is a really short period of time for a World Cup. Most notably, it is the first time the World Cup has been hosted by an Arab nation and only the second that has ever been held entirely in Asia. And yeah, if you don't know, I admit that I, had, I wanted to look up exactly how this looks like. Here's Saudi Arabia, the big country in the Arabian Peninsula here. And if we go down here, this is Qatar, this one that kind of sticks out into the, into the, uh, the, the water here, the Persian Gulf. So this is Qatar. Uh, this is Saudi Arabia. Um, and, you know, this is the world. So everybody's going to be going here for soccer. And this is where all of the controversy kind of lives. Um, thousands of football fans are expected to descend on the re region over the next couple of months to witness some live World Cup action. However, the country has raised serious concerns with cybersecurity researchers by quote unquote requiring, there are those quotes again, visitors to download apps that give officials overbearing rights to the data on their phones. And if we go and we actually look at this particular website, this is a little bit less incendiary, but actually has the substance. So we're leaving TechSpot behind. And now we're with NRK, the Norwegian state media. Everyone going to the World Cup must have this app. Experts are now sounding the alarm. Security experts believe Qatar's required mobile app, apps actually, will be like giving the World Cup countries authorities the key to your house. Did I say less alarmist? Maybe not. Uh, and certainly they do use this metaphor. Uh, one of them does, but we should talk about it. Okay. It's not my job to give travel advice, but personally, I would never bring my mobile phone on a visit to Qatar. That's what NRK's head of security, and I'm I'm going to just go with Vasasen, hopefully, 
So it's this media company's head of security. So they're clearing right now what it is that they need to do to go and cover this while they are in this country. And as they cover it, they made a news story out of it because they found it to be potentially problematic. Everyone traveling to Qatar during the Football World Cup will be asked to download two apps called Edoraz and Haya. Maybe? Honestly, it's difficult enough for me to pronounce app names in English, let alone ones that aren't necessarily English. Briefly, Edoraz is a COVID-19 tracking app, while Haya is an official World Cup app used to keep track of match tickets and to access the free metro in Qatar. So here's the paragraph where when we're talking about this story, here's the kind of benign usage, give or take, but not for certain definitions of benign, right? So while we have this, okay, you're going to track medical information, okay. You're going to track match ticket status, okay. Now, I'm not sure, the, especially the match ticket one should be mandated for people entering the country. But okay, what do these apps do? In particular, the COVID-19 app, Edoraz, asks for access to several rights on your mobile, like access to read, delete, or change all content on the phone, as well as access to connect to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, override other apps, and prevent the phone from switching off to sleep mode. Obviously, the big one there would be read, delete, or change all content on the phone. And if you've ever been looking at an app on your Apple or your Android, chances are you've seen warnings like this, and they may or may not be uh, accurate. So you do need kind of experts and things to talk to you through some of this stuff. The Edoraz app, which everyone over 18 coming to Qatar must download, also gets a number of other accesses, such as an overview of your exact location, the ability to make direct calls via your phone, and the ability to disable your screen lock. Seems a little excessive for a COVID-19 app, I have to admit. The Haya app does not ask for as much, but also has a number of critical aspects. Among other things, the app asks for access to share your personal information with almost no restrictions. I'd be very interested to know what that almost is covering. In addition, the Haya app provides access to determine the phone's exact location, prevent the device from going into sleep mode, and view the phone's network connections, who you're near. They can simply change the contents of your entire phone and have full control over the information that is there is the conclusion of NRK's security manager, this reporting organization's security guy. As part of the media house's preparations for the Qatar World Cup, he has reviewed these apps. Vasasen is downright frightened by what NRK's security review has uncovered. When you download these two apps, you accept the terms stated in the contract, and those terms are very generous. You essentially hand over all the information in your phone. You give the people who control the apps the ability to read and change things and tweak it. They also get the opportunity to retrieve information from other apps if they have the capacity to do so. And we believe they do. It's a little bit unclear what that actually means. Uh, but clearly the security guy is worried. Now, I will say this. Right? We try to evaluate tilt and bias and things like this. Security guys are in the business of finding things to worry about. That's their job. So I tend to agree that this sounds bad, and I think it's worthwhile of an article and certainly worthwhile to talk to you all about. But we do have to acknowledge the security guy, the IT guy, they are designed to say, oh, this is a thing that could blow up and be a nuclear explosion and all these terrible things could happen. So he comes in here and says this stuff, 
we do have to take that into account that he's prone to finding these things. You are giving them the opportunity. The security chief explains that it is essentially like the authorities getting full access to your house. You're saying that it is perfectly fine for the authorities to enter your home. They get a key and they could get in. You don't know what they're doing there. They say they might not make use of the chance, but you're giving them the opportunity and you would never do that, Vassison points out. Here's Mr. Vassison. NRK has asked Bouvet and Mnemonic, two independent IT security companies, to review the apps uh, and give us their conclusions. Can do quite a lot of bad things, this is the next headline. The Edoraz app in particular receives criticism and it is compared to the first Smittestop app in Norway, which translates to stop infection. It was, after all, a privacy scandal. If someone has slightly more evil intentions than the Institute of Public Health, then you can do quite a lot of bad things with the information that the app collects in the first place, says Martin Gravik at the Bouvet company. He explains that the app tracks where you go and the mobile phones that are near you. In this way, they can cross-link the information and find out who you are meeting and talking to. If you're hunting the opposition, gays, which is a point of emphasis in Qatar, we're going to talk about that in just a second, or others you don't like, an app like this will make it much easier for you. If the state of Qatar wants to track people, these apps will make it more possible. The mnemonic company also compares the Edoraz app with the first version of Smitty Stop. The consequences for individuals and groups if data from Edoraz goes astray could be significant, says Tor Bjorgstad of Mnemonic uh, to NRK. He has downloaded the apps and analyzed what is in the application packages and does not think the apps are hair-raising compared to normal apps that most people use. So one of the things Mnemonic here is saying, so they're they are these two companies that the NRK asked because their own guy was saying, ah, that they asked these IT security consultants to actually help them report on. And this second one, Mnemonic, is coming here and saying, I think it's pretty normal for what these apps ask for. Of course, part of the question there is, it might be normal. If you have a certain level of trust for who's provided the app, do you have trust in the government of Qatar? At the same time, they process data, particularly linked to GPS and position, which has a high potential for abuse. In a way, you have to trust the people who develop or own the apps, and it is not a given that you particularly want to trust the authorities in Qatar. However, his technical analysis found no signs that they can actually change things that are stored locally on the mobile device, but nevertheless warns that the reason may be that it has not yet been implemented. NRK has submitted the findings about the app's security holes to FIFA. They tell us that they do not wish to comment on the matter. Not, see, this is a weird one, right? Generally speaking, organizations, people, a lot of them don't comment on media articles like this, a little bit scandalous, a little bit negative. They don't want to comment on articles like this. Uh, but I do think that FIFA could put together at least a blanket statement. Of course, we're worried about uh, data security. We're doing our best to work with local authorities to keep your data secure, all that good stuff. Uh, we don't want to talk about it is perhaps not the right response to, a, to an article like this, but I'm not FIFA. Um, increases the risk. Naomi Lintvet, research fellow at the Faculty of Law at the University of Oslo, has reviewed the app at the request of NRK. She agrees with NRK's head of security that there is much that is problematic and describes the apps as very intrusive. You cannot consent to parts of the use, just everything. If I understand the apps correctly, there will also be limited options to change permissions. 
This means that if you want to go to the World Cup, originally I thought it said water closet when I read this article the first time, you have no choice. This is a mandatory app with no options. Lintvet says bluntly that if she were an employer, she would not allow employees to take their work mobile phones to Qatar due to these apps. <clears throat> what is the main criticism against these apps? As you see it, they go far too far in terms of what data is recorded and used. They get far too broad of access to change and take over functionality on your mobile phone, which appears to be completely unnecessary for what they would ostensibly be doing. It allows for government surveillance. And since it is Qatar, that has to be considered as well. This increases the risk that data will be used for purposes other than infection tracking, she believes. And that's really where the rubber hits the road, right? So you've got ostensibly okay apps, if you're all right with tracking, and we're not going to get into that because YouTube doesn't like it when we do. But if you're okay with the various notions of these apps existing, uh, then at least their existence isn't itself kind of problematic. And you've got folks here in this particular article itself that say, hmm, it might not be as bad as the security guys are yelling. In general, my experience is it's never as bad as the security guys are yelling. That doesn't mean you should ignore them, but they like to make a lot out of potentially a little. So it might not be as bad as that. But in this particular case, what you've got is a situation where you have a country and an organization and all these various things that have been mired in scandal, that have said that they want to track certain things, um, and that's enough to be sensitive to when you start to get questions about apps like the ones that are described, right? And I just pulled up the Wikipedia entry. Again, this is political enough. I don't recommend using the Wikipedia entry as the be-all, end-all factual basis for what happened or what is happening. But it does give us a flavor for what's been occurring with this World Cup. Criticism from a number of media outlets, sporting experts, and human rights groups highlighted problems such as Cutter's limited football history, the high expected cost, the local climate, and Cutter's human rights record. There have been numerous allegations of bribery between the Qatar Bid Committee and FIFA members and executives. You, see, you do see this reference. This is a big section. Uh, treatment of workers has been in question. Serious exploitation, potential accusations of things like slavery, failure to pay, making of false statements, all this stuff. You can see how long this section is. Um, but that's been really one of the leading things here. Uh, LGBT fans. Homosexuality is illegal in Qatar, with offenders facing fines and up to seven years imprisonment. After rumors and allegations that Qatar would introduce medical screening tests to detect and ban homosexuals from entering the country, LGBT uh, activist Peter Tatchell said FIFA now has no option but to cancel the World Cup in Qatar. Obviously, that didn't happen. However, no such screening test exists, says Wikipedia. It was later revealed that this proposal came from Kuwait and not Qatar. But now as we get into what the COVID-19 app could be doing and what they would be doing with it, you have this kind of question raising its ugly head again, right? That this country has already said certain things about what it'll track and what it won't. They've assured people that they come visit. This is not going to be a problem, but you are taking your life into your own hands if you go into the country at that point. Climate's been an issue. As I said, it was, what is it, uh, 122 Fahrenheit was the average uh, or uh, the height maybe uh, for those months, that's going to be a problem to actually perform uh, soccer. <laughs> and uh, about seven years ago, it was announced that it would go forward in November and December. Um, they've got transportation issues. They've got cost issues because of how much they'd have to build, even with the workers issues that we talked about. Uh, they've got all of these cultural issues. They've got bribery, corruption issues. And so I think everybody is looking at this particular event, this particular World Cup, with at least a little bit of a judgmental eye for how this is going to go. 
And so when you get this kind of story, which I would ordinarily, I think, say, okay, that's a little bit of an IT alarmist position. You combine it with everything that's gone on. I do think people are right to say, hmm, hmm, maybe we should really think about this. And then you also combine it with the second article we're going to talk about today, which is in The Guardian. Um, I, and uh, Secret McSquirrel says, I'm driving chat insane with my pronunciation of Cutter. I, uh, I, I see Catter, I think, give or take. Uh, but uh, uh, duct tape hug to his chair and make him repeat Cutter until he gets it right. My country gets mispronounced all the time, too. He's trying. Um, I mean, look, as an American, my instinct is to call it Qatar. Uh, so I'm trying to be better. <laughs> Uh, but if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, I do apologize. It's just the best I can do uh, on, on the live here. So uh, we'll, we will see. Uh, let's see. I think uh, please get him to pronounce the name correctly. It is Qatar. Um, uh, all right. Is it is it first syllable or second syllable? I'm going to need some uh, pronunciation points here. Is it Qatar or is it Qatar? Help me out. I will I will I will say it however y'all like. <laughs> Uh, Qatar is what they want. Um, uh, okay, look, I'll pronounce it however you like, folks. Um, if if that is correct, if you, you you're you're telling me that, I'm more than happy to do it. <laughs> Qatar is correct. Okay, we'll see if we can do the second article with Qatar as our working pronunciation. If that makes you happy. <laughs> and here's co-counsel to my rescue. Listen, y'all, even the U.S. State Department can't figure out how to pronounce it. I swear to God, our news pronounces it Cutter. I, I'm just following my uh, apparently erroneous uh, news uh, broadcast. So we'll we'll see how we do. Uh, I got somebody telling me it's cat ear. I can't. I can't. I don't believe that's right. Um, umbrella or umbrella? First of all, umbrella is awesome, and I'm gonna now pronounce umbrella that way because umbrella sounds exotic and fun. Uh, so we're gonna do it. It's like uh, Cutter or Gutter. I've been saying Cutter. They don't like that. They don't like that. We're trying to give the people what they want, as Shireen says. You know, that's just, uh, I'm fully willing to accept. I'm fully willing to accept about uh, how I can pronounce things properly or improperly. So we'll, we'll, we'll do it as best I can. No promises. Let's talk about The Guardian. <laughs> uh, Qatar World Cup accused of imposing chilling restrictions on media. Conditions restrict where international broadcasters, including the BBC and ITV, are permitted to film. So... Again, what you are about to see in this particular article are not specifically restrictions that I would ordinarily call out so much. Uh, but in the context of what we're seeing all over the place, right, with the data apps, with the controversies, with the scandals, this becomes another piece in that wall. And I think it's worth noting. But we'll talk about the ambiguities here because it also lines up with some of the things we talk about regularly in this space, which is like YouTube terms of service or anything else technology oriented, right? Where you've got this ambiguity that is built in so that they can enforce it however they like. And this article actually notes that. Um, and uh, we do have a super chat. Brit says, don't worry about how you pronounce it. No matter how you say it, the British will call it wrong. And they do not even speak English correctly as far as I'm concerned. Hey, you know what? We can try to make as many people happy as possible. We are talking about this country, um, and however you want to say this is fine with me. We do our best, try to be respectful of other cultures and the way that they would have it pronounced, and I will continue keeping on with that on the understanding that I will make a ton of mistakes as we get there. 
International television crews in Qatar for the FIFA World Cup could be banned from interviewing people in their own homes as part of sweeping reporting restrictions that could have a severe chilling effect on media coverage. Now, that's in quotes. We'll have to see where those quotes are from. Broadcasters such as the BBC and ITV will effectively be barred from filming at accommodation sites such as those housing migrant workers under the terms of filming permits issued by the Qatari government. According to the terms, recording at government buildings, universities, places of worship and hospitals is also prohibited along with filming at residential properties and private businesses. So if I were to describe what I see here as what Qatar's emphasis is, is you're going to come here, you're going to report on soccer, and that's it. We don't want you reporting on basically anything else on how the country operates. And if you're familiar with how various entities focus on sports, well, that focus on sports is not as much as focusing on uh, human interest stories, or in this case, humanitarian rights in all likelihood. And so I, I believe this is Qatar trying to say, no, no, you're not going to pronounce anything else uh, at all. You're not going to say anything that is going to talk about anything but soccer. Uh, and the BBC and the ITV here are reporting on this and I think probably rightly recoiling, even though, hey, you're not going to go into hospitals or churches or that kind of thing or, or uh, uh, temples uh, or uh, anything else that you might find in, in Qatar and, and report on those people there is acceptable. The restrictions are within a list of conditions that outlets must agree to when applying for a filming permit from the Qatari authorities to capture photography and videography of the most popular locations around the country. They also apply to photographers, but do not explicitly refer to print journalists who do not film their interviews. The rules do not prohibit reports on specific subjects, because that would be a little bit on the nose, but restricting where crews can film, including but not limited to houses, apartment complexes, accommodation sites, and is likely to make it difficult for them to investigate reported abuses, such as the mistreatment of migrant workers, or to conduct interviews on subjects people may be reluctant to discuss in public, such as LGBTQ plus rights, because as we said from the Wikipedia entry, that's illegal in the country. Last night, Qatar's Supreme Committee denied imposing chilling restrictions on media freedoms. These aren't so chilling, this is normal and said several regional and international media outlets are based in Qatar, and thousands of journalists report from Qatar freely without interference each year. It said it had updated an earlier version of its film permit application terms that appeared on its website to relax the rules for broadcasters attending the World Cup, including removing a rule that said they must, quote-unquote, acknowledge and agree that they will not produce reports that may be inappropriate or offensive to the Qatari culture or Islamic principles. So this story now gets more interesting because one, as the BBC and ITV and Guardian are reporting here, the original film permit application terms didn't have restrictions necessarily specifically on certain subjects, but they did have a kind of oath-taking that was anything you produce will not be deemed inappropriate or offensive to Qatari culture or Islamic principles. Obviously, that's going to be a problem for uh, many of the kind of Western broadcasters here. Uh, and that got removed in response to the original reporting, which we will see on the update at the end of this article. So one, we can see that Qatar is trying to respond to what is a kind of continuing Western 
push uh, against it and they're, as they steal themselves for the World Cup next month. Uh, but also, even what is referenced here is ambiguous, right? And we'll, we'll talk about that in this article in just a second. While the newer rules say filming is allowed across the state of Qatar, they still appear to impose strict restrictions, including that by applying for a permit, broadcasters agree not to capture film or photography at excluded locations, including those residential properties, private businesses, and industrial zones. The rules also say that broadcasters must respect the privacy of individuals and not film them or their properties without their express written approval. Now, again, that's pretty normal. Right. In America, we take a pretty broad swath of if you can see it from the street, you can generally film it and tape it and all those kinds of things. But if you're going to interview them, if you're going to go on to their property, generally speaking, you need their permission to do so. So, again, we're kind of living a little bit ambiguously, but um, it's not that big of a problem for jurisdictions that you trust the authorities in, give or take. I mean, we could always talk about trusting authorities in general. We'll save that for another episode. FIFA said it was working with the Supreme Committee and relevant organizations in Qatar to ensure the best possible working conditions for media attending the tournament, as well as ensuring that broadcasters continue to report freely without any restrictions. Now, broadcasters are the people that are generally going to be calling or reporting on the sport itself. So, yes, they can report freely without any restrictions. Is that limited to soccer? We don't know. And in terms of the language here, you'll note this is pretty heavily vetted as well. The best possible working conditions may not be that great, right? Best possible as a term of language is not a guarantee of any specific level of working conditions or anything else that you might put best possible in front of. And so you're left with, okay, well, thanks FIFA. A spokesman said it would be important to clarify that filming on private property in any country remains subject to approval of the owner operator of the property give or take, he did not comment on why the terms included an outright ban on filming on private property, right? Yes, you go and get their permission, and then you absolutely can go and film in their living room, not in this particular case. Journalists have previously been detained in Qatar for reporting on issues deemed contentious by the authorities, and this is why, again, it, context matters. Context is king, because this is going to change what might be just a, a little bit of ambiguity from authorities into, we need to really be worried about this stuff. In 2015, a group of BBC reporters was arrested in Doha and spent two nights in prison while investigating housing conditions for migrant workers. Last November, two Norwegian journalists investigating conditions for migrant laborers working on World Cup venues were arrested and detained for 36 hours as they tried to leave the country. James Lynch from Fair Square, a London-based human rights group, said the rules were an extraordinarily sweeping range of restrictions that would make it difficult for TV crews to pursue non-football-related stories. He said it would be incredibly difficult to fully comply with these terms if even filming near to private or government property violates the terms of a permit. It's just unclear how this will be enforced, right? This is likely to have a severe chilling effect on free expression. How many organizations will authorize reporting on Qatar's social issues if to do so puts them at risk of ending up in court? Now, the BBC and ITV's stringent editorial guidelines promote impartiality, and are designed to protect against undue influence, including from governments. BBC guidelines, which apply to all content, say broadcasts should not unnecessarily offend, but stress the importance of free expression. Uh, Gemma Ma Steinfeld, editor-in-chief at Index on Censorship, said the film permit conditions were a definite cause for concern and appeared to be purposefully ambiguous so that broadcasters would err on the side of caution. Where have we seen that before? 
right? Virtual legality. We talk about this all the time. You make rules that you can interpret in whatever way you want, and that gives the power to the person that wrote the rules and is otherwise going to be enforcing penalties against them. So yes, that's YouTube. Yes, that's Facebook. Yes, that's Twitch. But it might also be the government of Qatar, and that is potentially a big problem. She said her gut feeling was she felt they should not agree to such terms, but said it was extremely difficult terrain to navigate. The question is whether there might be stories that they can still do within the realms of that agreement, and is it more important that they do those stories? If the BBC is basically being shoved into a position where all they can cover is the glory of it, then that would be a bad outcome. Qatar is an Islamic country with an authoritarian system of government, swearing, public displays of affection, and dressing immodestly are seen as offensive. Homosexual behavior is illegal. Posting material that appears to insult, slander, or is culturally insensitive may also be considered a crime, according to travel advice from the UK government. In recent months, Qatar appears to have softened its stance on several issues in an attempt to convince visitors that it is safe and tolerant. This phrasing right here is suggestive of a disbelief in the notion. It is allowing the sale of alcohol at stadiums, for instance, and has said that gay fans will be able to display affection during the World Cup. It has not eased rules restricting freedom of speech, which include a law against spreading fake news online. The BBC did not say it had agreed to or challenged the film permit rules. A spokeswoman said it had a proven record of addressing topical issues as part of our coverage. This World Cup will be no different. ITV said its news and current affairs team had carried out extensive reporting of the decision to award the tournament to Qatar and the questions surrounding the host nation's human rights record and will continue to do so. So whether the BBC and ITV will actually go to the country is kind of an open question. It certainly sounds like they will. And they are saying that they will continue their reporting as usual and essentially call cutters bluff. Um, but we'll actually see whether that happens in real time. And then you get here that uh, update that I promised you. The Supreme Committee told the Observer the document related to the draw stage and it had since been revised. This is the rules. The article was amended to reflect this and to remove reference to the geographical locations covered by the permit as originally seen. That filming permit was deleted from the tournament website shortly after this article was published. So no idea exactly what this is going to look like in practice, but certainly it does appear that this particular World Cup has apps that may do wrong, has media coverage that is curtailed to prevent it from reporting on the other things that might go wrong or be wrong uh, at the location in question. And uh, it all rolls back to FIFA who, of course, gave this particular country this World Cup and whether or not that was a good thing, a wise thing to do. So please let me know uh, in terms of what you think here in Hangouts and Headlines about these stories. I did want to raise them because it's an interesting time. I do love the World Cup, as I've said. And yet, uh, I can't help but, like I've said with respect to other sports, feel a little bit gross about some of this stuff uh, that's happening or maybe happening behind the scenes on this World Cup and the kind of draconian restrictions that may be imposed on the broadcast rights related to it. So I expect here in the America, you'll get broadcasters that are espousing the wonders of Qatar. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they do anything more than that as they cover the the, the soccer matches here. All right. Uh, growing up swiftly. Yes, it's a good thing to bring it up to those that do go there. Smiley face emoji. Like a list of things to know so you don't end up in jail in general, everywhere. Yeah, you travel internationally. I think it's everybody's job to kind of know at least a little bit of the lay of the land to try to avoid uh, being in a 1990s Claire Danes movie. You know, you just want to avoid that at all costs. Uh, 
see here. Uh, Anero, there's a story that recently broke about a lady allegedly suing Qatar because of a certain intrusive airport pressure. I haven't seen that one, but it's very possible, right? These stories are going to come out more and more and more as more people head to this country in the next month. Uh, I predict that some of the commentators will say something about this during the games. Yeah, I mean, calling the bluff seems the most likely thing because you're not going to believe the host country is going to just throw broadcasters and journalists in jail. Um, but there's a risk of it. So it is a brave act. Um, you know, we'll see what it looks like. Definitely. Matthew, I'm not super surprised by some of the access the app requires, especially for COVID-19 apps. The GPS part though, doesn't seem necessary. The ability to modify files needs to be restricted. I think that makes sense. Uh, the GPS stuff, I, I don't know what the app is, is specifically designed to do. It might be for, um, being able to contact trace, I would guess. Um, and, and if you're following every single phone in your country, because this app is mandated, um, uh, maybe that again, if we're giving devil's advocacy here for a benign reason would allow you to track, um, infection points better. I don't know. I tend to agree with you that that doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, and I would say that about the U S I would not limit that to, um, Qatar. So there you go. Heck it's been proved says Tanya that the U S constitution intentionally made it vague. So it glossed over specifics that would be unpopular. Politics is politics, whatever century you're in. So certainly uh, if you have to make it a little bit vaguer so you don't have to have the fight that day and can have the fight another day, the founders were not not subject to that kind of pressure. Um, so I think you're right there. There are certain ambiguities in the U.S. Constitution that have proven to be um, pain points uh, for the function of the country. Certainly, Heathers, this can take months or years. The government of Qatar does not offer any social support for individuals under exit bans. Uh, exit bans prevent those faced with legal proceedings from leaving the country until their case is abandoned or resolved. That could be a big problem. U.S. citizens have been subjected to exit bans and are placed in prison pending payment of debts, for instance, says the Heathers. Uh, so bringing up really good points here. Um, I remember going to a concert, concert in Manchester and was almost strip searched, says Shireen. Had to bin my perfume in case it was poison. So things can get very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather's has a lot of good comments here about various things with respect to traveling internationally and to Qatar in particular, uh, in the chat. So do check that out, uh, as I scroll backwards here a little bit, uh, areas to avoid large crowds and demonstrations in case of unrest, just lots of good stuff. Uh, so do check that out. Uh, secret big squirrel with a, please hit that like button. All those watching with the hearts emoji. Absolutely. Please do leave that like button, uh, depressed as it were depressed is good in this particular instance, because YouTube really likes to see you hit those buttons. Uh, Tim Riggs, look, anti-transparency and anti-privacy policies are what you get when you open up things like the World Cup to authoritarian regimes to host. You get what they bribed for. Harsh, but I think there's a certain amount of accuracy to that, Tim. Um, and I think FIFA knew it years ago. Um, FIFA almost pulled this World Cup from this country, um, but uh, did not deign to do so. Uh Looking at what governments already do to spy on their own people, I wouldn't risk opening back tours to my devices. Better safe than sorry. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Um, Umbrella, uh, I like it. Sort of like zebra pronounced zebra. Uh, yes, we do. We do like some of the pronunciations of zebra. That's true. It's very funny. Uh, Jojo with a fun dancing pair uh, super sticker. I really do appreciate that, Jojo. Thank you for supporting the channel and for conversations like this. We can't do it without viewers and subscribers like you. Please do think about using the Utreon and the Patreon to support the channel. I don't usually do that on Hangouts and Headlines, but we've got a lot more 
patrons and, and Utreon subscribers and YouTube subscribers over the last little while. And I'm just so, so appreciative. And I want to express that even more than soliciting it. Uh, it's just so nice to see. And I really, I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you, Jojo, for the wonderful sticker. Your support of the channel means the world to me. Thank you so much. Um, and FIFA is too corrupt. Might be the best thing to end our, our episode on today. Folks, it's Monday. Uh, it's, uh, it's corruption Monday. <laughs> Don't become corrupt yourself. Um, we will have another hangouts and headlines tomorrow. Uh, look out for that on my Twitter or otherwise on the placeholder on this channel. Uh, and, uh, everyone have a fantastic day. Uh, I think we're going to try to make Mondays more exciting, better, very legal term there, uh, for everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. I see go Astros, uh, in the chat. This is the, the world series is coming together. It looks very much like Philly's Astros. Uh, so good luck to everybody involved in that. Uh, and, uh, folks, I, I love this show. I love hanging out with you guys. I love all the commentary on Dr. Who and Farscape and then exciting, interesting world impacting stuff like data collection and security and authoritarian countries and corruption in international deciding bodies. I, it's a weird show, right? That has this kind of mix hangouts and headlines. Uh, but I love it. It speaks to me and I'm glad it speaks to so many of you. So everybody have a great day. I will see you on the next episode of Hangouts and Headlines, if not in a virtual legality episode before. See you then.